Hello, friends, and welcome to the Rhythms Podcast. Great to have you here today. This is the place where we explore what it means to live intentionally into a particular series of life rhythms that help us bring our best to each day, to each moment, and to each other as we encounter the world around us. I'm Paul Gaucher, and this is episode 16, and I'm calling this one Missional Part 2. How's that for some creativity? Missional, as in we thrive as missional people who embrace a vision of life and more life by creating momentums of healing and unity, by pursuing movements of hope and wholeness. In this episode, I'm taking another pass at what it means to be a missional-minded, missional-hearted person. I want to uh, share a story and stir some thinking for you and then ask a few questions uh, before I send you into the rest of this day. So here's the story. At the end of the first week of June this past summer, I shared a, a really sweet and holy and poignant hour with a dear, dear friend who was dying. Uh, she was living out her last weeks in a beautiful home in a quiet neighborhood surrounded by her husband and some really fiercely loyal friends. And um, she was being cared for by some profoundly mystical hospice care providers because they're always profoundly mystical, aren't they? Those hospice care providers are amazing people. When I walked into her sun-drenched room, over 20 years of friendship came flooding in and just held us together. As I walked to her bedside, her eyes brightened and she reached out and took my hands in hers and she smiled at me. It was yet another one of those kinds of moments in which I thought that I was the one bringing the love, the care, the compassion, but all of that was about to become rearranged. Through the years, she and I had walked some very holy ground together, uh, covered with all manner of both shadow and sunlight. The bright sunlight of living on the same street, surrounded by uh, a remarkable community of friends and neighbors. And then, of course, the ache of the long shadows of death and dying as we walked together through that valley in the fall of 2000 when her son died. And for the past 17 years of her life, uh, we walked together her cancer journey, in and out of treatment regimens, in and out of remissions, in and out of the news of more challenging news. I have, I have so many memories of our countless interactions together, and each one a full expression of her fierce, loyal, honest, and tenacious life. And as the sun poured through the window on that Friday uh, in June, uh, we reminisced about so many conversations and experiences that we'd had over the years together about life and loss and despair and doubt and anger and faith and hope and love. I'm really, really going to miss her. But what remains from my experience with her is the deep awareness of the gratitude that seemed to mark her life. 
And as always, it's, it's through the journey of gratitude that we can experience thriving life, uh, remarkable comfort, uh, a deeper sense of joy, uh, a sense of abundant life and more life um, for having lived through that experience. And along with that, a deepened sense of mission, of where we've been, where we are, and where we're going. And so on that Friday morning in June, as I walked to her bedside, uh, her eyes brightened. She reached out and she took my hands in hers and she smiled. And then she gently pulled me down toward her, right down on her. It was a full body moment of sacred covering uh, blessing, uh, just a very, very sacred moment. And as she did that, I felt her arms wrap around me and just hold me in that moment. And you know, neither of us spoke, uh, neither of us had to, we just, we just held each other. And then after, after that long embrace and uh, some tears and some laughter, I then sat down on the edge of the bed and we talked. And we shared some reflections on her life and her impending death. And we talked about her memorial service. And that's when we talked about the whatevers. We talked about the whatevers. In the Christian scriptures, uh, in the book of Philippians, the, the Apostle Paul writes to a community of people uh, with some powerful words about how to live well together, how to thrive together. It, it's become a kind, uh, it's become understood as kind of a, a, a missional uh, mandate. I guess you could look at it that way. And if these were the last words that Paul would share with them, I believe they would have been enough. If these words, the, the last words any of us uh, spoke to any of our loved ones, I believe these words would be enough. You see, Paul challenged these people in the first century uh, to live differently, to live every day, every relationship, every decision, indeed every waking moment in ways that create thriving lives. And Paul urges them on as he gives them a list of whatevers. And these whatevers then become pointed toward mission how to live our lives, how to live well with one another, how to, leave, uh, how to live deeply and widely, broadly, um, with purpose. And so the Apostle Paul writes the whatevers. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is reputable, whatever is authentic, whatever is compelling, whatever is commendable, whatever is excellent, whatever is praiseworthy, Paul says, Go after those things with all you've got. If we were to live our lives by making these whatevers central in our lives, I'm convinced a lot would be different. We would be different. The world around us would be different. 
If we were to weave into our lives, into our behavior, our interactions, if we were to weave these whatevers into uh, every interaction with, with, some, with someone that we know or those that we don't know, I think everything would be different. If we were to intentionally live into whatever is true and honorable and reputable and authentic and compelling and commendable and excellent and praiseworthy, uh, we'd have a whole new context for living in thriving community as we, each of us, lived out our mission. On that Friday morning in June, as I was leaving, I told her that we'd be reading these words at her memorial service. And I told her that I'd be inviting people to hear them in her voice, as if she was saying them in that very moment. And I promised her I would do that. It was just a few weeks later when that, when, when that moment finally came and most of our entire neighborhood gathered to give thanks for her life and provide some love and comfort for her family at her memorial service, I asked that gathering of friends and family to hear an ancient passage of scripture from two different perspectives. The first part, I invited them to hear it from the voice of the Apostle Paul, sort of echoing through the centuries. Um, uh, words about finding a way to rejoice and and finding ways uh, of living that that led that lead to peace, and then I asked them to hear the last section from the voice of our neighbor and friend, this dear woman who died, to let her voice lead us into a thriving future of different world making. Because what a mission that is. And so we hear these words from the Apostle Paul. Rejoice in the Lord always, he says. Again, I'll say it again. Rejoice and let your, let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Don't worry about anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication, along with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God that uh, surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then these words from our friend's voice. Finally, beloved, my friends, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence and if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you've heard and learned and received and seen in me. And the God of peace will be with you. And in that moment, that gathering of family and friends, as they heard those words, it was just enough. It was just enough. So a couple of things, um, a couple of questions when you hear these ancient words that, um, that do more than just propose, but they actually call even mandate, leaning into a new way of living life together, a new way of being, what, what comes to mind? When you hear these words, what comes to mind? And if these ancient words actually do come alive for us today, which I believe they do, 
How do they come alive for you? What, what are you hearing again? Or what are you hearing maybe for the first time in these words? How have you experienced expressions of, of whatever's true and honorable and reputable and authentic? In, in whose life do you see these rhythms humming? Um, and when that happens, when you experience that, what, what shifts take place in you? How does intentionally going after things that are compelling and commendable and excellent and praiseworthy and kind and generous and life-giving, how do those things change you? Do they change you? Do they take you to a new place? Do they challenge you to be a, 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 a better version of yourself than yesterday? When are you most driven to seek these kinds of thriving rhythms? Is there a catalyst? Does, does something have to happen in order to inspire you to move in those directions? And of course, to point this toward mission, how, how does this how does this little mandate from the Apostle Paul, how do these words spoken in the voice of someone that, that loves you and cares for you, how do these words inspire you into your sense of mission? You know, for me, I, I sort of have this um, ongoing um, uh, battle, I guess, um, with the news. Um, I, I don't have a steady diet of news in my life much anymore um, for all kinds of reasons. But, um, but when, I, when I do encounter uh, news stories, um, frankly, a lot of it just, just weighs me down. And, uh, and that's, that's when, I'm, when I'm moved or uh, enticed, maybe even incited to, to seek a different way of living that embraces this Philippian way of living. I've often wondered if we just inverted the way the evening news stories go, um, inverted that, changed it out, instead of leaving the best, most heartwarming story for the end, you know, the one like, you know, with the little kid who has a birthday party and asks for, you know, the guests to bring something for some other, uh, other kids in the hospital. Um, what if the first nine stories or however many stories there are were like that? And then the last one was uh, the story that challenged us to respond to the needs that, that, we were, that we were hearing about, that we were seeing. Um, what if it was all just inverted where we had a bunch of stories about people leaning into life missionally? in ways that helped other people thrive and just saved uh, the, I guess, the bad news um, or maybe the challenging news uh, for last. What would happen? I think that would be a way of creating a different world. It would certainly, it would certainly be different. And I think it's worth thinking about. So when we think about our call to mission, each of us, each of us has a call to mission. I think that part of that is trying to come to grips with, figure out what our mission is. And I think for the most part, our mission 
is outwardly focused beyond ourselves. When we do that, when we set ourselves aside and trust that others are going to care for us, that will be part of someone else's mission in this wide community of thriving people, when we set our needs aside, that frees us up to focus on the needs beyond us. And I think when we do that, that too creates a different world. So that, my friends, is my story, and I'm sticking to it enough for now. That's a bit more about the thriving rhythm of mission. As always, I'd like to invite you to just check out the website, uh, paulgaucher.com. There's a couple of buttons. There's a bunch of buttons there. There's all kinds of fun stuff, but you can check out the uh, rhythms button, uh, find out what's going on in the world of these podcasts, and you can also tap into the Today's Word project, where I uh, offer a word and some thought about a particular word every day. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, if you're doing hashtags, if you'd go uh, hashtag 100 days, 50 words, you're going to find uh, all that good stuff. So thanks, as always, to a great team who will make uh, this happen, Lisa Gustafson and Darren Hensel. And now a blessing, friends. As you move through this day, may you discover what it means to thrive as a missional child of God by embracing a vision of life and more life, by creating momentums of healing and unity, by pursuing movements of hope and wholeness. And may you discover more life than you could possibly imagine by pursuing whatever is true and honorable and just and pure and pleasing and commendable and excellent. And if there's anything worthy of praise, think about those things and may the God of peace be with you. Remember the words of Thomas Merton, happiness is not a matter of intensity, but of balance, order, rhythm, and harmony. Thanks everyone. Thanks for listening. We'll meet you back here soon. Oh,